Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Cahen is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. Cahen and Little Red Hen – just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Well, welcome, friends, to another edition of On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman, your conductor for this, this segment of your rail travel. And of course, the conductor is the person who throws <laughs> who throws out the fusee at the end. And the, the, the conductor is the person who finally decides when the train is going to pull out. And so that's what we, we've been doing today is thinking about all that. And our guest, we, we're awfully happy to have our guest with us, who is David Moore and our engineer. We're awfully happy to have him here, uh, Rick White, Richard White. Well, thank you, you guys. Well, David Moore, who's our guest today, has just been talking about a train trip that he and his wife took from um, Colorado here, from Glenwood Springs, uh, up and uh, over the mountains, uh, down through Las Vegas, not Las Vegas, uh, Reno, rather that other one, and Reno out the other way, uh, all the way up to, to Truckee, and... Um, it's a fairly re- you know recent trip, and um, he was saying several things that he liked. He especially liked the cruise. The like he said, it was an all African American, all all black crew <clears throat> going out. So he got to experience a little bit of a little bit about black culture. What what that's all about, which he wouldn't have done otherwise. Well, we'll hear more about the second part here in a minute, but. Um, so, Dave, uh, tell us a little more. Now, you, you obviously had dinner. How, how's, you know, we hear complaints about Amtrak food, and we hear other people saying, well, it's okay. We seldom hear anybody saying it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I don't know. What, uh, what do you hear out there? Or what did you experience? Well, our food experience was, was delightful. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was the food itself was was just great food. It's the steak. We had two steak dinners, one going out, one coming back, and the steak was delicious, and the uh, the whole plate was delicious, and it's just amazing. Great dessert, great salad. Uh, we had wine, of course, and that and that was great. And the other thing, I found a little detail that I found, you know, really interesting is that on both going out and coming back, 
there were fresh flowers on our table. <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. And that's, that's something that neither one of us expected. You know, we expected the plastic flowers from Walmart sitting in a vase. No, it was, we had three fresh flowers there. I think there were roses going out and I think there are carnations coming back, but um, I, I was, I was just floored by that, but the food was, was superb. And the people that were working in the dining car were, were just bubbly and happy. And they were, it was almost, it was almost like it was a, a choreographed play of some sort. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the interaction between the different people that worked in the dining car, I'm, you know, they probably worked together for years and years and years. We talked before about the tenure of the staff and how extensive it was. So I'm sure these people had all traveled together and many times and they knew each other and their, their kids and their families. And you could just tell it was a, it was a close knit operation. And that really made, made the trip even more fun. Yes. And, and so in a way, when, when we, when we hear these complaints, <laughs> I'm going to ask them to listen to this segment, to listen to David Moore telling us what his experience was, because, yeah, and that that's what I've been hearing, too, from people. And there are some some people who have, um, you know, some complaints, but uh, oh, well, as but you how will, about on oh, go ahead. As you will recall, Forrest, we had a and she's been a she's been on your show a couple times and it's the uh, Madison Butler. And is, yes. isn't that what she does? She kind of goes through and tests the food and operations and stuff. Yeah, that's the main thing she does. What a great job. She rides trains. She gets paid to ride trains and she eats food and, <laughs> and she gives she gives direct and immediate feedback. And that must be kind of fun. But now I don't know. Did you look down in the kitchen at all on, on your train, uh, David? Well, having uh, some restaurant experience in my in my past, I always I always wonder how the food is prepared, sure. and and I was I was uh, baffled because I don't know how they uh, it wasn't just just heated it was not microwaved it was oven heated, uh, and the the quality of the food was great the steaks were rare, and uh, the other thing is. The veggies were fresh. They were not frozen veggies. Nice. So the quali- the quality of food, I'm, I was just very impressed with. But how they, you know, how they physically prepare that food, uh, is amazing. I don't know how they do it, and put it out as quickly as they do. You know, you get. I think there are three choices uh, for dinner. So you didn't get a wide menu. You had three choices of uh, food, but uh, so they were. There were so many, so many plates of each, if you will, uh, for the available for dinner. And breakfast was the same way. There were three or four breakfasts that you could have, and the breakfast was superb. So, nice. yeah, the food was the highlight. I didn't know that. I didn't expect it. That's wonderful to hear. We, yes, we're going to have to find Madison Butler wherever she is, and make sure she comes on and listens to this to this segment, because, um, yeah, and that's uh, the uh, not unfortunate side of her job, but one side of her job is she does write up an evaluation. She gives them to the uh, the chef 
in each dining car and talks about, you know, the pluses and the minuses. And in this case, it'd be all pluses. It would be nice. If you, you know? if you recall for us, when she was on our show, um, on your show, uh, she was had taken the northern route, and she was talking about the flat iron stakes, the, and how yes. good they were on the yeah. on what is that that northern east west route? Well, it's it's the old northern Pacific uh-huh. route, and um, yeah, the flat iron stake was their kind of their favorite cut, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, they got it down. That's what we had. Yeah, that's what, nice. that's, that's what you have. Yeah. And it was all right. Just as good as you get. Yeah. And yeah. Forrest, let me uh, throw a question to Dave. Um, sure. You said on the way back that it was a uh, it was a, a white crew. And we have a friend who has been on this show a number of times, and his name is Conductor Brad to us. And did you run across Conductor Brad? <laughs> No, uh, the conductor on the way back was a jolly younger uh, uh-huh. lady. I, I don't know what her first name was. It was Claire or what. But uh, as we were preparing to get off, she was standing at our door, yeah. the, the exit door, getting ready to give the signal to stop to the engineer, I guess. Uh-huh. And she was just delightful. She had a great sense of humor. Wonderful. Jolly person. Yeah. So, uh, again, the staff. Uh, we actually preferred the staff going out to the uh-huh. staff coming back. Nice. We enjoyed it more. They seemed more, a little bit more interactive and were just a little bit more pleasant. And the reason that I bring that question in is that we have had guests on the show and we brought up Conductor Brad and they will say, oh, yeah, he was on our train. <laughs> yeah, well, that was we had him. We had him. Uh, that's fun. That really is fun. Yeah. Well, so for the one thing that... Uh, Rick and I were just talking about during the break, and I think it'd be worthwhile to bring it up. We talked about airports and the fact that the different modes of travel and how people interact and so forth. And I guess the analogy that uh, that I was thinking of is that when you take a train, really it's an airport with one airplane at it. You know, you're traveling through a depot, through an airport, you're traveling through a, a train port, if you will, not an airport, but the train port. But there's only one plane there, and it's a train. So you don't have 30 airplanes at a, at a terminal, and the crowds and crowds of people are getting on and getting off of that plane in that terminal. So it's a much more leisurely approach to travel. And that's actually the first thing, the very first thing that hit Janet and I as we got on the, on the train for the first time and started, started to move was the, the friendliness of it, the cleanliness of it, and the ease and the fact that it was not being rushed. You were not rushed. You didn't have people going by you, you know, knocking you down in both directions, running over your toes with a rolly. You just didn't have that. And the other thing we, didn't, we noticed right away, there was no TSA. There was no. Oh, yeah, I guess no that's security. true. There isn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's no security because I'm sure there is. It's invisible security, but it was just pleasant. It was just the whole process was easy, and it seemed like it was just a lot more natural way to travel. Well, we always ask the question: 
what can we do to promote uh, rail travel? And um, one thing we're doing, we're doing it right now, is uh, getting this interview out there. Um, and we always say, don't forget the uh, Colorail, Colorado Association of Railroad Passengers. Uh, it still costs you like $11 to be a member of Colorail. And you get a nice little, kind of a fun little newsletter that they put out whenever they're in the mood to do it, <clears throat> as they say. And uh, that's kind of fun. And the uh, Colorail also uh, puts volunteers on the ski train. So if you are the kind of skier who likes to be in Union Station in Denver at, at O-Dark 100, <laughs> whatever it is, early in the morning, why the volunteer that who will help you on with your skis and show you where you're going and stuff there in the pre-dawn, why um, those are Colorail members who uh, volunteer to be hosts uh, on the ski train. And then they ride the ski train, of course, too. And <clears throat> some of them do get time to ski. Some, I guess, I don't know quite what the, maybe one run or two or something like that. But, um, which is free. For, I mean, it's, you know, it's a free train ride up. And and so uh, so that's something we, we, we need to start thinking about as we get into winter here, talking to people who have been on the ski train. The ski train is free? Oh, no. No. No, I'm talking about the volunteers. Oh, the vo oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know what the ski train even costs. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, but all travel is going to cost you something. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's how it goes. Well, and all modes of... The cost of, of uh, train travel it did seem like it was uh probably pretty close to the cost of air travel uh it was not inexpensive i'll put it that way yeah. nor was it really expensive i yeah. think uh if we would have gotten the roomette which has got the sofa and the chair and the bathroom uh if we would have been smart enough to reserve that as it was we went out over labor day weekend uh, we took a long labor day weekend and went out there so we actually got what we believe what they told us was the last res uh, reservation for the sleeper, which was not the room, not the mini room. It was just the two seats facing each other that make into beds. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the one thing that may take a little time for me to forget. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else about the trip was just fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, the thing, that, the thing that I've come up with is that because um, I usually will travel regular coach and regular coach tends to be a few dollars less or quite a few dollars less than flying, but it takes longer. But then once you get into the uh, roomettes and like the Pullman service, it, it, it does get to be as much as an airplane ticket, but mm -hmm. you get your meals. You know, there's there's some trade-offs in there. Yeah. Well, we we made a vow that yes, we we do want to travel again on the train. We want to. Uh, I think we're planning on taking a. We've got uh, our daughter lives in Eden, Utah, and that's just outside of Salt Lake City, Ogden. Nice. And I think uh, we've got a route that goes up that way, and we'll look forward to to doing that. But I don't think that's an overnighter. I think that's a the overnight stay itself. 
because yeah. that's the that's the thing that uh, I look forward to. I didn't know what to expect. I yeah. got exactly what I didn't know to expect. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was an experience. I mean, it, it truly is, and I think I think for uh, for a lot of people like Janet and I, that's the that's that and eating dining. The dining car, of course, was an incredible experience for us. Uh, the people we met there, the people we had dinner with, the menu, the service, the fresh flowers. I mean, it was just an impressive experience. The sleeping experience was maybe on the other end of the scale a little bit. <laughs> it was not well, a king. Were you place. able to? Did you sleep, David? Well, yeah. I mean, you do because you're tired. It's the end of the day, and yeah. you know you do, and uh, it, it just there's a lot of uh, distractions. I'll put it that way. During the night, what? there's uh, there's that confounded horn going off at every crossing. <laughs> yeah. Then the train slows down and speeds up, and slows down and speeds it up, and but you know we we didn't suffer from sleep. I mean, we did get get sleep, but then the logistics of that room that you're in are something to deal with. I mean, you have to manage a very small space. Mm-hmm. And that's two, that's two people getting ready for bed. One person on the lower bunk having easy access to whatever they brought into the room. You know, their little overnight case and their hangers to hang your clothes up and things like that. And then the person that's up on top is restricted in just about every way that you can imagine. <laughs> uh, oh dear! But oh you've dear. got those, you've got those big straps that are holding you in, so you don't have to worry about rolling out of bed. It was just a, it was just a totally different experience, and I, I, I can't say I, I disliked it. It was just unique. It's something you know. At, at home, you don't sleep in a bed that's twenty four inches wide. <laughs> you just, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. My gosh. That's really fun. Well, did your porter um, buckle you in or show no, he you didn't, how to? He didn't buckle me in. Uh, you know, the porter came and made the bed. We called yeah. him. It's amazing how quickly they do that. And, uh, but, you know, you just do the strap. You just click the strap. So you're, I would say it's probably like if you slept in a small boat, you know, and you want to make sure you stay in bed, you're going to. You're going to have some sort of retentive device in there that keeps you in one place while you're trying to sleep. It was, it was, but I do think we would opt. We take the money and opt for the bigger room so that we've got our own bathroom. You know, as, as we become more mature, waking up uh-huh. once or twice in the middle of the night is pretty commonplace. And when you do, you've usually got something on your mind. You'd like to go to the men's room perhaps at two in the morning. Well, uh-huh. that becomes a, a little bit of a challenge when you're on a train, but you can deal with it. You know, Dave, I'll tell this just quickly for us. I hadn't traveled on a train for a long time, and I went back to the Midwest and uh, uh, traveling coach. And it's an overnight trip from um, from La Junta to Kansas City. And uh, I was surprised at how many 
young families would get on with a number of kids, maybe a mom and three kids or whatever. They get on, they have pillows, they have blankets, and they take a, a berth of seat facing seats to each other. And they just sort of camp out in their own little place. And it, it's really cute because, you know, the kids are sleeping through the night and the mom or the dad or whatever, are just kind of, uh, making sure everything stays under control, but it kind of cracked me up. And I, I think when I go again, I will probably take a pillow and, uh, yeah, yeah. and a blanket. Oh no, that's, that's fine. That's part of the fun. And, and, and you do get kind of used to it. Some people find that rhythm of the rails to be a little distracting, that little, that little uh, sway that uh, happens. I don't know if you experienced that or maybe you didn't. Some people don't even notice that. I was just trying to sleep. <laughs> That's uh, you were. Just trying to get my eyes closed and get some Z's in. And the Z next morning, I asked our porter who was, you know, had been on the job for 20 years. I said, do you ever get used to sleeping on the train? And he'd say, he said, you know, after 20 years, you'd think I would have figured it out by now, but I haven't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't sleep well on the train at all. So if you think there's a trick to it, there it's been 20 years for him and he hadn't quite figured out the trick. Oh, wow. The other thing that that uh that we noticed is the uh the diminutive size of everything. How everything is just reduced. Not just, you know, you've got a you've got a curtain on your on your little area and you've got a door that slides shut. And so you're uh you're sort of contained in your little cell, if you will. But you get out of your cell, and that's a narrow walkway. And walking down the walking down the aisle of a train, you bounce off the walls. I mean, you can't help. You're talking about the rhythm of the train and the way it rolls back and forth. And the guy that, that walks down the full length of a train car without hitting one side or the other is a very talented person. You sort of bounce off the wall, you know, you can't help it. You're going to bounce off a little bit. And then the other thing that's unique is when you cross from, go from one car to the next car, and you're kind of going through double doors, one on your side and one on the other side, just for a very short period of time, you're sort of in limbo. Oh, geez, I hope they stay together. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that little thought goes through your mind real quick. Through your mind. Oh, it certainly does. It does. Well, did you did, did you uh, get into any card games or anything like that? Or no, we didn't do that. No. Pretty much in our own little cell, we we just read and just we did a lot of observing, just looking out the window. I mean, going, you know, uh, Utah, Colorado, and Utah are both beautiful states. Yes, uh, I I can't quite say that same thing about Nevada. You know, I can't, it just, Nevada just didn't quite have the charisma. It didn't have the holding power that nature can give you. It just was not very attractive looking out the window. But uh, I, I love Nevada. <laughs> I, I love the okay, sparseness of it, um, the openness. And I've, I've resettled in Salida from California. The times that I have driven across many times to get out of California and get into those expanses of land is just relaxing, rejuvenating. 
Yeah, I, uh, we drove out the year before, so we experienced that before right. we did. Yeah, it was just, and I actually enjoyed it driving. Uh, but in the train, we'd we'd had you know two states, Colorado and Utah, that were set a pretty high bar. Yeah, uh, when it comes to, comes to beauty, and you had the river, pretty much the river all, along your side the whole way, which was was neat. It was just a neat experience, very enjoyable. What about the one that I really was wondering is how does it help with human interactions? And it sounds like it's a good place to to get our human interactions more human, which you know right now is at least on the top of my mind. Every time I open the Denver Post and say, "Oh my God, what now?" <laughs> you know, just trying to learn to live with other humans is that's 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 difficult, challenging. So, and I think that, I think uh, train travel does help with that. And um, and then, of course, just hearing your experience. Gosh, Dave, that's that's just super. And I didn't get around to another question, but maybe I'll have to have you on again. But uh, my idea of somehow getting all these Rotary Clubs <clears throat> involved in a trip, a trip to each other's home home grounds and uh, you know just I just think that would be a fun thing to do uh, there's a lot of there's quite a little bit of money in the district rotary funds that can help with things like that if you have some members who uh, needed a little 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 bit of extra help well and you know I wonder sure. if there's is there a do the boy scouts have a railroad merit badge uh-huh <laughs> do if they've got a railroad merit badge, that would be a great way to to uh, get involved with the Boy Scouts and getting them involved in that. Rail. Sure, yeah, sure would good. be. Well, we're we're about out of time. It looks like. And uh, how are we doing time wise? It's been good. You've got time for another question or so. Question or so. Um, well, 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 Dave. What would if you were to Rotary Club next? Well, it won't. Well, it's two weeks from now. You're at Rotary Club. Somebody says, how was the trip? What what kind of thing would you have to say? Well, I would, I'll say what, what I'll repeat, what I what yeah. I told just about everybody that asked in the club. Uh, and that is, it was a neat experience. Yeah. And it's an experience that you shouldn't shy away from, for sure. You don't have your, you don't have your hands on a steering wheel, nor are you dodging the traffic in a, in a very busy air terminal. It's a different way to go. You may have to plan your way around the routes because an airplane can pretty much fly to any airport it wants to fly to, but that train station is tied to the rail and that rail doesn't move. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, great. So as we approach the holidays season, which we, we are, why that might be something that folks could think about. Or there's the winter. There's the ski train. There's, there's all that possibility out there, which people might want to do. Might want to take the ski train up. Let me think about that. Spend the night in like Winter Park or something, then catch the train out of Winter Park heading west. Oh. And add a bunch of days to your trip, of course. You know, another possibility for us and uh, one of our guests that has been on this show, we've done a lot of them now. They took the ski train up, they had lunch, 
they caught the ski train back down, a one-day excursion. Yes. And, you know, that's a possibility. It's yeah. easy. Well, Dave, this has been just a delightful edition of On the Rails. You know, I never know what's going to happen back here in the old the old caboose. And it, it's always fun just, just to hear what, what life is dishing up on the rails. Leslie Matthews, who's our producer, has even talked some about, oh, I don't know, putting this show out there in, in, a, in some bigger venues. Wow. But then we we have to be more careful. <laughs> we have to be more careful about things like the time and, <laughs> and not spilling our sandwiches I was doing here earlier and those things. Okay, we better wrap it up on the rails. You can always just listen to this. I would listen to this show as a podcast because I'd want to take my time with it a little bit, but there are different different ways to do it. All right, that's it at the time. Thanks to our engineer at the the sound of three. We'll all give that old highball. I'm going to, I pop the fusee. I'm going to throw it out the back platform here so that it'll be burning there in the snow. Nobody will run into us from behind. See that nice red glow? Oh, that's beautiful. At the sound of three, we'll all give a big high high ball. So one, two, three. High ball! High ball! High ball! Thank you. High ball! Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889.